I make the assumption that as we come together, we are fueled or drawn together in the mutual interest to know or discover what is true. And maybe beyond <clears throat> simply knowing what is true to, uh, to be in touch with it so that our life can actually be influenced by true or truth. But it's inevitable that when we come together, you know, in the traditional setting, gatherings such as these where meditation was happening, where satsang was happening, the idea was that we were coming together in the mutual desire for uh, enlightenment. It's not often the case in our culture that people are wanting enlightenment. Usually they want something that is much more tangible to their life or that they feel is more tangible, such as just happiness or, you know, peace. But in truth, these ideas point to the same thing, that the quest for enlightenment isn't really any different than the quest for happiness or peace. But there's a sort of interesting question that we can entertain in it all. And I'm going to use the word enlightenment. And uh, if that word doesn't apply to you, then you can simply replace it with your own, your own desire, your own word. Uh, but that is uh, why. For what? If we have within us this desire for enlightenment, or this desire for happiness, or this desire for peace... For what? What do you want that for? What do you think that will give you? And it's an important thing to, uh, to look at, to examine, to see. Because often we can be very quite clear or even certain about what it is we want but quite unclear about why we want that. And that ends up being the more important piece to this all, is if we do want something like enlightenment, or if we do want something like happiness or peace, we might as well understand and know why it is we want that, right? So there's a kind of truth-telling that goes on when we're examining this, because what happens is, If I say that I want enlightenment and I can acknowledge why I want that, that why becomes a deeper truth than the the wanting of enlightenment. In other words, behind every good motivation, there are a few dozen uh, faulty motivations (laughs) guiding it, right? And uh, I say that playfully, not critically. But it's important that those things are uncovered. Because if we are going about in our experience saying, I want enlightenment, or I want peace, or I want happiness, without even understanding why we want those things, then there may be something under the radar that's guiding, that's motivating our experience. And what that constitutes is basically unconsciousness. It means that on the level that we're conscious of, 
we're pursuing enlightenment or we're pursuing happiness or we're pursuing peace, but on a level we're not conscious of, we're pursuing something else, right? So the idea is what will enlightenment give you? What will that happiness give you? What will the peace give you? And as we're able to identify that to some degree, we start to come into a closer, more intimate understanding of what this enlightenment business is really all about, what this happiness business is really all about. Which brings us often to something that we didn't even know was there, a motivation that we didn't even know we had, right? But that was running. Because all the great Buddhas and all the great masters have always said that what you want, it's already there, right? That enlightenment is already your own, your very own being. It's already inside of you. It's already taking place, right? And this has a lot to do with what prevents us from being fully available and present in our lives. Because if we look at the mechanics of presence, the, the way in which we are not present in our lives has to do with seeking something. It has to do with either seeking or avoiding something. That we're disconnected from ourselves because there's something we're pursuing or there's something that we're running from. Right? In fact, these are two of the same movements. You can't, you can't want happiness without not wanting unhappiness. The two go together. Always, they go together, right? You can't want enlightenment without not wanting the other thing, whatever that is, whatever the opposite of enlightenment is for you. So they always go together. And as this motivates our experience, uh, we end up creating for ourselves a lot more confusion where there needn't be any, because we don't understand, right? We don't understand, for example, why we can't simply be happy when there is so much we have available to us. Our life is so good. We have plenty of money, good food, good clothing. We have the luxury to come to a yoga class or a satsang. I mean, there's a lot of things that are good in our life. Why can't I be happy? I have just about everything a person could want, or at least close enough to it. And why can't I be happy? I want to be happy. Why? I mean, at one level, you could take that question and say, that's an absurd question. Why would you even ask, why do you want to be happy? But on another, on another level, it's very important to answer. Why do you want to be happy? What's in that for you? What's in it for you if you get happy, if you get enlightened, right? And so with that deeper level of honesty, we can begin to see something else that's there, something that's playing into this which may have a lot more to do with our unhappiness than we knew in a moment before. Right? I have said before that uh, nobody comes into the enlightenment business with a, a pure desire for enlightenment. Because I'll tell you this, if your desire for enlightenment, and again, replace if you don't like the word enlightenment, replace it with your own. If your desire for enlightenment was pure, and I'm not saying this in a critical way. I'm hoping you'll play with me when I say this. If your desire for enlightenment was pure, you would already be it. In other words, the pure desire for enlightenment is enlightenment. The pure desire for happiness is happiness. It's the same thing. So if we're saying, if we're going about saying, I want to be happy, and yet we don't feel happy, it's because there's something else we don't see. 
There's something in it. There's something behind this desire for happiness that we haven't yet met, that we haven't yet become aware of. Because uh, when a person... When a person wants something like enlightenment or something like happiness and yet feels that they can't get it or that they can get it but can't keep it, right? What they're not aware of is that enlightenment has nothing to do with what they're wanting. And my intention with our meditation was maybe to point this out in an experiential way that we want contact with ourselves. We want contact with the moment, right? But you can see that you, but for most of us, we're only satisfied with the moment for a few seconds before we're off into some other pursuit or imagination or quest or desire, right? Because when you're actually in contact with yourself in the moment, you start to sense a little bit of the disappointment, a little bit of the uh, not quite enoughness quality that can come when you're really in touch with the present moment, right? And so what that usually does is usually for a person it will allow them to come into contact with the present moment only just for a moment or only just very briefly before it inspires some new kind of uh, inspiration or desire. But when we get onto it, what we realize about enlightenment or happiness is that it has everything to do with this contact that it has everything to do with being in contact with your experience as it is in the moment, right? So the goal or the idea that is in our pursuit of happiness or in our pursuit of enlightenment is essentially a, a false motivation. But when we come into sense of contact and presence with our experience, we start to see what enlightenment really is, what uh, uh, happiness really is. But the strange thing that happens in us, and this is where I'm talking about motivation, is that you say you want happiness, but as soon as you're given yourself, as soon as you give yourself to it, you don't want it anymore. Do you notice that? Do you ever notice that? As soon as you come into contact with it, you don't want it anymore. Because the real truth behind the whole thing is that happiness isn't what you want. Enlightenment isn't what you want. Right? So we're faced with a kind of dilemma here. Here we are in a gathering that is supposedly about this quest for truth, which is ultimately what we say leads to enlightenment. And yet, inevitably, we carry or bring in with us, uh, behind that desire, something else. Right? It's important to see that. It's important to see why we want this. And that is the only way that a person is, by acknowledging that want and working with it, is the only way that a person is going to actually have enlightenment. Right? In other words, it was said really well in the words of, uh, I'm saying this in a long-winded way, but it was said really well by a a Jesuit priest. He said, um, the first real honest moment toward enlightenment comes when you recognize that it's not really what you want. Or he said it. Uh, he said something else too that was very similar. He said, uh, "Get off it. <laughs> Get off it." In other words, what are we after? 
What are we after? What are we seeking for? Do we imagine that there's some elevated human experience that we're going to be able to get in touch with and have? To those sorts of ideas, we say, get off it. And yet we're hopelessly tied to this quest for enlightenment or happiness. So you can't get off it. There's a paradox here. You can't abandon it and you can't fulfill it. We're stuck in that. We're stuck in the fact that you can't find happiness and you can't get rid of the desire for it. If you try, it'll latch onto you. (laughs) You'll carry it around wherever you go. Does this make sense to you, what we're talking about? So, what do we do with that? What we do with that is is this exact same thing as what do you want? What do you want? It's always the question we have to answer for ourselves. What do you want? And we're not saying, what do you want, and there's a certain set of things you should want, right? It's about answering this question intimately and fully. What is it that I want? What is it I'm after? Because at least then we're in the business of telling ourselves the truth. And we can end this frustrating game of saying, I want happiness or I want enlightenment when there's really something else that we want. And that is what we could call the start of truth-telling. That's the beginning of being honest with ourselves about that. I want to feel more secure. You know? I want to be universally loved. I mean, there's innumerable truths that can be told. But the idea is that Whatever we imagine that happiness or enlightenment will give us has to be seen, it has to be noticed, it has to be recognized. Otherwise, we cannot be truly free from those motivations. But there's a, there's a taste of freedom available to us when we can come into contact with that. And, and be able to set down this frustrating cycle of... Pursuing something under false pretenses. You know? 